Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, president of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Hey, welcome to Israel and You. And we are in desperate days during this time of rising anti-Semitism after this recent war with the terrorist organization Hamas. There's an Arabic word, and the word is intifada, and the word simply means uprising. Israel has experienced two major intifadas of terrorist uprising, suicide bombs, stabbings, cars driving over Jewish people in the streets. The question is today, is America experiencing the the embers of a rising intifada right here in America? After this war in Israel, just a few days ago, two people shattered a window at a synagogue in Skokie, Illinois. And the police are investigating the incident as a hate crime. Police said officers at the scene located a broken stick and a Freedom for Palestine sign on the ground beneath the window. In Ball Harbor, Florida, police are investigating after a Jewish family. They're on vacation and they're walking down the street. Four men pulled up to them in an SUV, hurled anti-Semitic slurs at them. Uh, and were calling for their murder. Around the same time, someone smashed a window, the front door of a synagogue in Tucson, Arizona, according to police in New York City. Uh, 26 people were arrested at a pro-Israel rally, and Palestinian demonstrators, they clashed with these Jewish people, hurling anti-Semitic uh, insults at them and calling for their murder. Uh, one uh, man in New York City, uh, just a few days ago, uh, he was wearing a yarmulke and was uh, beat up, uh, spray into his eyes and uh, mercilessly beat up, sent to the hospital. So these events are not just taking place sporadically. They're happening every day now across the United States of America and across the world. So is America preparing for an intifada right here in our shores? And to talk about this is our friend Dexter Van Zyl. Dexter Van Zyl is the Shilman Research Fellow for the Committee for Accuracy in Middle East Reporting and Analysis. His work is focused on anti-Israel propaganda broadcast by Christian churches and parachurch institutions and the failure of Christian peace activists to address human rights abuses in Muslim-majority countries in the Middle East. He has played a major role in countering misinformation broadcast into Christian churches by Palestinian Christians and refuting anti-Semitic propaganda broadcast by white nationalists and their allies in the U.S. His articles have appeared in the Jerusalem Post, the Boston Globe, uh, Jewish Political Studies Review, the Aljamir, and the Jewish News Syndicate. So Dexter Van Zyl, wonderful name, welcome to Israel and you. And of course, by your accent, you're a Bostonian, and uh, we welcome you today uh, to the program and the podcast. And we talked yesterday about this program, 
and the hate crimes towards Jews worldwide have increased in the last week after the ceasefire uh, between Israel and the terrorist organization Hamas. Do you see an intifada, an uprising here in the United States of America? Well, I, I'm, I'm worried about what's going to happen in the upcoming summer months. I think after more than a year of being under lockdown, uh, there's going to be an awful lot of people who are essentially going to be. And, and the thing was, is that the lockdown really wasn't enforced against Antifa and BLM last summer. But I think that uh, once the weather gets better, we're going to see an awful lot more uh, hostility, uh, protests and riots. And I think that an awful lot of the hostility is going to be directed at, uh, at Jews and Jewish institutions here in the United States. We saw a little bit of that here in Boston last July when essentially uh, an, an anti-Israel crowd tried to piggyback on the uh, BLM Antifa movement that took last, place last year. And they targeted specifically the Jewish uh, uh, institutions, the, uh, the, uh, the Jewish Community Relations Council and also the ADL offices in the city of Boston. And they hurled uh, you know, they uttered obscenities that you can't say on the radio uh, mm -hmm. about uh, about these institutions. Uh, and it was pretty clear that what there was was a, a fair number of people who were trying to take the rage in American society and direct it uh, at particularly uh, Jewish institutions. And I think that that's and a lot of the rallies that took place last summer uh, were actually in Jewish neighborhoods uh, that took place in uh, Los Angeles, and there's always been a fair amount of uh, anti-Jewish uh, propaganda associated with those rallies. Uh, they, they, they portray American Jews as being privileged and being the oppressors. And that was what I saw here in Boston, was is that they tried to blame uh, American Jewish institutions for police violence against people uh, of color. And, that, and, the, and the thing is, is that the statistics about Police violence uh, are exaggerated just the same way that people uh, exaggerate uh, uh, Israeli violence against the Palestinians as well. So, yeah, I think we're looking at intifada-like conditions this summer. Yeah, I was reading just a few days ago, Dexter, that the BLM movement, right in the middle of this war with Hamas, and again, Hamas sent... 4,400 rockets into Israel. There was Israel never provoked this war, never wanted this war, but the BLM movement uh, came out with a statement, we stand against Israel and uh, we stand with Hamas, the terrorist organization. And so this is very alarming. And I, I think there may be a lot of you know, Christians that maybe support the BLM movement that don't understand they have partnered uh, with terror against uh, the Jewish people in Israel and around the world. Right. What, what is going on and is, is that essentially the, the, uh, the BDS movement, the Boycott, Divestment and Sanctions campaign, uh, is essentially an effort to undermine Israel's ability to defend its citizens and to undermine its ability to exercise a monopoly on force within Israel and also protect itself from terror attacks that emanate from the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. And if you look closely at what Antifa and the BLM riots did last year was is that they made it uh, difficult for uh, mayors uh, to maintain the monopoly on force inside their cities. 
And that's a very crucial thing is what has happened is, is that the efforts to delegitimize Israel, the Jewish state, uh, have now essentially been transferred to uh, the United States. And it's been a process that's been ongoing for a long time. But the same techniques used to delegitimize and undermine the legitimacy of Israel uh, have come home to roost here in the U.S. as well. And it's it's a frightening thing because uh, when you delegitimize a state, what you do is you undermine the ability uh, of its citizens to defend that state and public officials who are interested in defending it as well. Because when you portray a, a, a Israel as a, as a, a marauding genocidal nation that's unworthy to participate in the community of nations, what that does is that it makes any use of force to protect that nation illegitimate. And I think the same process is, is going on, you know, went on in our cities last year. And, and I'm afraid that it, it may continue in our cities this year, and it may be more particularly directed at Jews as well. Wow. Yeah, there's an issue of <clears throat> moral equivalency, and I want you to talk about that. And, and it's the Jewish people in this, this last war, we, we could see this. Uh, that 4,400 rockets are fired upon Israel, some of them reaching into Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. I, I, call, I have 90 family members that live in Israel. I, I call my family. You know, they're all running to bomb shelters. Many Jews were, were injured. Think of the children in Israel that, that grow up under constant rocket fire from Hamas from the south and Gaza and Hezbollah uh, firing down upon Israel from Lebanon. And why are Jews accused of hate crimes when all they do is, is uh, defend themselves against terror? I, I think one of the things that we're dealing with is, is that we're dealing with a utopian political agenda. Uh, and what happens is, is that any time people who have utopian agendas find themselves frustrated in their attempts to impose their agenda on the world, and the world is a tragic place and the human condition is tragic and utopian agendas don't typically, they don't work. Mm -hmm. What happens is, is that they end up looking around for a scapegoat to blame. Okay. And uh, I think part of it has to do with the fact that uh, with the fall of uh, the Soviet Union in the, uh, you know, in the early 1990s, you know, the, essentially the people on the left, you know, the, the radicals, they don't really have any, any country that they can appoint to as an appropriate, uh, you know, example of how the, how like communism could work or their utopian agenda could work. So all they can do now is just resist. All they can do is resist capitalism. All they can do is basically stand up in opposition to the West. And uh, Israel is an easy target for them to do. And what happens is, is that they end up embracing, uh, you know, movements like Hamas and Hezbollah because the, they believe that the enemy of their uh, enemy is their friend. Even though when you look at the agenda that's promoted by these groups, they are not liberal. They're, they're, they, have a, they have a utopian agenda of their own. And the thing is, is that the narrative that we get from the Middle East is that the Jewish state is a singular obstacle, obstacle to peace in the Middle East. Palestinian misdeeds are unworthy of mention or all the fault of Israel. American Jews and their allies in the United States are guilty of disregard for the welfare of non-Jews. Israel and its supporters are indifferent to the suffering endured by the Palestinians. 
and that Israel and its supporters in the U.S. have taken control of the levers of power. And in light of their sins, Jews and their allies cannot be trusted to wield political power anywhere in the world, whether it's in Israel or in the, the United States. And the implication of these arguments is that of all the people in the world, Jews are unfit to exercise the right of self-determination. And once you create that type of stew, that ends up legitimizing violence against Jews wherever they are. And, uh, and I think that's really what's going on is, is that we're dealing with the consequences of a campaign of political anti-Semitism that's been going on for several decades and, it, it, and now it, it's come to fruition uh, outside of Israel. You know, I think another thing that plays into this, Dexter, is what's known as CRT, and you know all about CRT, the critical race theory, which was taught at Harvard during the 60s and now is spreading across college campuses, now even taught in public high schools. And critical race theory basically says, when it comes to Israel, that they're the colonizers. They're the white colonizers that came from from Europe, and uh, they're oppressing uh, the Arabic people that live in the Middle East. But what people need to realize is that Israel uh, has a very tiny piece of land. It's, the Arab lands are 600 times the size of Israel, and over 50% of Israeli citizens are not white. Uh, they, they come from uh, Latin America, you know, South America, Central America. They come from China. They come from North Africa. Uh, there's a quarter of a million Ethiopian Jews uh, that live in Israel. And there's a million Arab Jews that live in Israel. So the whole idea that, that Israel is this white uh, colonizer oppressing uh, Arabic people is, is simply another lie against the Jewish people and the Jewish state. Right. I, I think you put, hit the nail on the head. The whole critical race theory largely is a, is a consequence of what has started in the 1960s here in the United States. Yeah, I agree. When we come back, we're going to talk about the boycott, divestment, and sanction movement that's happening in uh, Cambridge, another move against a United States country, company that's doing business with Israel. We're going to talk about the South Florida Muslim Federation that's coming out strong against uh, the state of Israel. And we're going to talk about the canary in the coal mine. Are we hearing alarm bells of a coming intifada to the United States of America? You can read about these types of issues by going to israelteam.org. It's an interactive educational website, and we encourage you to go there, israelteam.org. We'll see you on the other side. Hello, I'm Aaron Free, and I'm honored to serve as president of Israel Team Advocates International. Israel Team is a unique nonprofit organization that is changing the growing narrative within the Christian world that the Jewish people are illegally occupying the land of Israel. The truth is that God, the God of the Bible, identifies himself as the God of Israel, and Jerusalem is his footstool. God has given this land to the Jewish people as an eternal possession. Within the evangelical community's millennial generation and Generation Z, there's an alarming decline of support for Israel. 
Israel. Presently, about 70% of young evangelicals are unsure of Israel's right of their very existence. If this trend continues, we are going to see a majority anti-Israel evangelical movement within 10 years. Imagine future Christian leaders in America calling for the removal of Jews from the Holy Land. Israel team cares deeply about the future of American Christianity and is investing in the young Christian leaders of tomorrow. We work on Christian college campuses and church youth and college groups to make a difference for Israel and the church as well. We mentor pastors and church leaders and counteract the growing trend of replacement theology being proclaimed from churches across America. I'm asking you today to help us in this noble cause. We can change the current trend of anti-Israelism, one church and one college campus at a time. You can go to our website at israelteam.org to donate today and stand with us today. We ask you that you consider giving to Israel Team on a monthly basis. In the present exponential rise of anti-Semitism in America, our efforts must double to push back against this darkness. For your gift this month to Israel Team, we want to send you our new book, The Casualty of Contempt, The Alarming Rise of Anti- anti-Semitism and what can be done to stop it. Go to israelteam.org. That's israelteam.org. This is Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Hey, welcome back to Israel and You. We're talking today with Dexter Van Zyl. He's the Shulman Research Fellow for the Committee for Accuracy in Middle East Reporting and Analysis, known as CAMERA. And Dexter, I've been following Dexter's articles and his podcasts for the last 15 years. He's on the cutting edge of understanding what's happening in Israel and especially the rise of anti-Zionism within Christianity all across America and the world. So Dexter, welcome back to Israel and you. And when we talk about anti-Zionism, in your opinion, is to be anti-Israel, uh, to be anti-Semitic. What's your opinion on that? Absolutely. You know, and the, you know, a few years ago, people would try to make that argument, and I would engage with them. But now I just dismiss it out of hand. And and the argument is is, is that what has happened is is that Israel has been a target of a defamation campaign, and people have you know portrayed Israel as the singular source of suffering in the Middle East. And, you know, the primary source of conflict in the region, when in fact, the, the largest source of conflict is the uh, Sunni-Shia divide mm-hmm. in the region. And what has happened is, is that uh, people have argued, well, maybe there should be some sort of binational state or, or essentially, you know, uh, what we need to do is to create some sort of confederation of states uh, in the region, which would deprive the Jews living in Israel of their majority status. And the whole goal of that is to essentially put people like Jews when they're beleaguered. They can tolerate them when they're beleaguered. But when Jews have sovereignty and when they have power uh, and and autonomy, that is when they they lose their uh, ability to, to deal fairly with the Jews. And, and that's really what's what's going on. And so, uh, yeah, and the thing is, the critical race theory, you know, is essentially let's figure out a way to, you know, divide the world into oppressor and uh, victim. And historically, that was done under communism with class. And now it's been re- replaced with uh, skin color. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the and the thing is, is that so what they've done is is that they portrayed Israel like you know you said has a fair number of uh, you know non-white inhabitants. Uh, they portray this the state as a white genocidal settler colonialist project. Uh, the thing is, is that if you want to talk about colonialism and you want to talk about uh, you know imperialism. Take a look at at the countries in the Middle East that are, are essentially were invaded by uh, Sunni Arab uh, M- Muslim invaders over the history. And the thing is, is that in fact the Jews in the Middle East were victims, and uh, they were the oppressed uh, at the hands of the Sunni and and uh, majority in most of the countries in the region. So there it is. Yeah, in 1948, we never talk about this, but uh, there were probably a quarter, uh, 250,000 um, Arabs that fled Israel because five Arab nations said, we're going to wipe out all the Jews living in Israel, so get out and so that we can annihilate all the Jews. And so they fled, they became refugees. But what, what people don't talk about is there was 850,000 Jewish people at the same time driven out of Sunni and Shia lands, and most of them went straight into Israel. They didn't become refugees. They were welcomed into Israel. So when we hear this phrase, Dexter, the canary in the coal mine, and early coal miners brought canaries into the mines with them because canaries were ultra-sensitive to methane gas, and when the canary stopped singing, the coal miners knew we've got to get out because there's a gas leak and we're all going to perish. And so it was an early warning sign. And so anti-Semitism is, is an early warning sign that it's an alarm bell, that something uh, dark and sinister is, is coming to a country. And we're at that place in America where we're seeing this rise of, of violence towards Jewish people, a rise of rhetoric against the state of Israel. And Dexter, you deal with a lot of uh, Christian issues of, of Christian anti-Semitism, and who are the, the Christian anti-Israel major actors in this, this present conflict uh, with Christians and Israel? Who are the anti-Israel major actors? Well, I think there's a couple of moving parts, and one part is the Palestinian Christian community that lives in the, the West Bank and East Jerusalem, uh, what they've done is, is that because they live in a largely Muslim-majority environment, at least particularly in the West Bank, uh, essentially what has happened is, is that they will basically work on behalf of the PA to de- delegitimize Israel in the minds of their Christian brethren in the West. And then what you have is then you've got uh, essentially progressive Christians, particularly the mainline Protestant community and some elements of the Roman Catholic community here in the United States, uh, and, and unfortunately, a growing number of e, uh, evangelicals have started to embrace the, the uh, not necessarily the BDS movement, but the narrative that it prom- promotes. And what they've done with these BDS resolutions in front of the churches is basically whether the resolutions pass or not, uh, and in some instances they have, it gives people an opportunity to basically tell a story of Jews behaving badly. And, and that's that's really the, the, the payload for these these resolutions is they give give people a chance to basically broadcast anti-Israel propaganda. And the, the thing is, that if you look at the liberal Protestant churches, particularly the Presbyterian Church, the United Church of Christ, 
and and uh, also the Episcopal Church. And uh, when I the Presbyterian Church USA, not all Presbyterians support this, but that, that yeah. But the the problem is is that you look at those churches and you look at the propaganda that has come out about those churches. You've seen some of the most vicious, ugly tropes, and it's political anti-Semitism, which basically portrays the the you know the. Uh, a Jewish political power and sovereignty as the the obstacle to improving the human condition. If you embrace that campaign or that agenda, you end up falling into the very same tropes that classical anti-Semites broadcast in the late 1800s uh, up until you know the Holocaust. That's the problem. Is is that once you portray Israel as the singular problem and portray Jewish power as the problem? then you end up basically defaming the Jewish people and there's no way around it. And the, the, the amazing thing is, is that the progressive Christians were the ones who, during the 1970s and 80s, were the ones who basically lamented uh, Christian anti-Semitism the loudest uh, in their efforts to come to grips with the Holocaust. And so what happened was is that in the 1970s and 80s and early 90s, these churches came out with statements condemning supersessionism, and then they embraced a political agenda that itself was supersessionist and portrays the Jews as, as, uh, as the, the source of, uh, of all the problems faced by the body politic, just the same way that, uh, you know, the church fathers did in, uh, you know, the second century. You know, I would encourage the listening audience. I mean, there are so many denominations today that are turning against uh, Israel and the Jewish people. And, and what Dexter would say, and, and I would agree, that to be anti-Zionist, and Zionism is the return uh, of the Jewish people. It's something God is doing. It's a miraculous event. In the book of Ezekiel, it says that God is drawing his people back to the land of promise after 2,000 years. And so as the Jewish people are returning to their homeland, uh, there are major Christian denominations today, and you can follow Dexter in uh, his research at uh, the Committee for Accuracy in Middle East Reporting, known as CAMERA, uh, amazing work that he has done over the years to pinpoint Christian denominations that are standing against the return of the Jewish people. One theologian that Dexter knows well came out uh, not long ago and said, Israeli Jews, uh, if they don't convert uh, to Jesus, it's the old you know, conversion uh, issue from the Middle Ages where the Jews would either uh, be forced to convert or perish. This uh, seminary professor, evangelical, said if, if uh, Jews living in Israel do not convert, they're good for nothing and should be cast into the fires and burned. So there's very uh, terrible, violent language today coming from many Christian denominations against the Jewish people and Israel. And if you're in one of those denominations, I would really encourage you to find out what their policy is in regards to Israel. You don't want to be a part of something that's opposing God because God identifies himself as the God of Israel. So Dexter, thanks so much uh, for being with us today and on Israel Thank and you. you. Thank you so much for your work at CAMERA and uh, Committee for Accuracy in Middle East Reporting. 
Thank you for standing with uh, Israel and the Jewish people. And I encourage our audience to go to israelteam.org. That's israelteam.org to the donate section. And you can help us as we stand with Israel during this very difficult time. Help us stand with the Jewish people and communicate the truth to the Christian community about Israel and the Jewish people. God bless you. We'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.